This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the Antichrist of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. But Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy, jumpy, uh, beep, beep! Goldberg steered Russo on the cake! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff Lane with Al Snow. Vince will be joining us shortly, Al. Before I got on here, we we wait for his email, as usual, for the link to join the show every Thursday morning, but... uh, I got a phone call. He said he he just woke up. He was hopping in the shower, and he will be joining us shortly. So, uh, my how t- how things have changed. <laughs> how things have changed. How it, you know how many times have you told me about how serious he takes this? And you know I don't do this as a hobby, Al. This is my living. Well, geez, I can see how much you really care, Vince, by the fact that you're waking up. Just now, take a shower. Yeah, but I believe he got on you for being late six minutes one day. Six minutes one day. Yeah. I was busy putting out yet another fire in OVW. And uh, yeah, but he couldn't be bothered to just wake up and, you know, be on time. That's fine. I mean, he, if, if, if he wants, we could just join him while he's laying in bed like he used to do with Disco and <laughs> As long as we don't have to join him in the shower. Yeah, I don't want to do that like the scene out of The Shining when he pulls back the shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. is there and it's like, oh, yeah. it's oh he's naked. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so... full of apples. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody, Vince will be joining us shortly, allegedly, but we're going to get started here with the clips. And this first one, Al, you had sent this, but right. this is also sent in by Nicholas Baresi, Greg Krasnoff and Big Evil Pop. So thank you, everybody. So let's pop this oh, one up. This yes, one is yes. I yeah, this is gross. Play the audio. You can hear the impact. <laughs> so if you guys are watching, listening on the audio, a guy did look like he was trying to do a four fifty type maneuver or something off the top landed straight on his head and uh, he's out and they're checking on him and this guy still wants to do his move on the top rope which is uh, bizarre look look at all these people that have to come in the ring to stop this idiot right yeah I mean there was what five people oh god I think god I hope that the kid didn't break his neck or anything I mean I mean, what, you know. Yeah, I was trying to look this up, and I couldn't find any date if this was recent or an old or an old video. I know it started going around this week, but I I couldn't find when this actually took place and if the guy was all right or not. But so here's what it concerns me. Okay, is that you know, again, we just physically, it's no longer about portraying a competitive, you know, 
combat wrestling match. It's about who can do the biggest move. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of these kids out here who are, you know, seeing and watching, uh, you know, people perform these things, not realizing that, you know, that takes an immense amount of practice and training to develop the spatial awareness and coordination to be able to pull these off safely. And, you know, this kid attempts to do a move that, um, you know, watch, he, he over-rotates, and it looks like what he was trying to do was a double forward uh, flip in the air. He, got, he does one revolution, and he's trying to do the second, and that's where he lands on his head. And, um, you know, he's taking this incredible risk. I mean, he could have died for God's sakes. But the other part of the problem is that this guy who is now climbing the rope and is so excited to do his move, it's because, you know, when I've talked about this before, you know, again, I don't mind that talent call things prior to a match, you know, it's fine. But when they, they mentally and, visually rehearse it in their heads to the point to where when a situation like this occurs and this guy, he can't break stride. He can't change what he's already programmed in his head. Yeah. He's telling the people to get out of the way. Look at him. He waves like move. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Get out of here. He's showing get out of the way. Zero concern for his opponent. And I, and I don't mean like he's showing zero concern because he climbed the top rope. I'm saying he is so ingrained in what he's already in advance decided he was going to do at that moment that he didn't even recognize or realize that the guy was injured to the point where watch when, when the guy in the mask gets up, he just drags him over in the corner. You know what I mean? And, and look, if that guy, I granted he's in the heat of the moment and maybe didn't realize that the guy had been injured because we'll give him, the potential possibility that he wasn't quite witnessing the event that took place. But when you've got the referee clearly over there going, no, stop, don't, and a guy in a white smock running down and getting in the ring, don't you think you'd recognize something's not quite right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody comes out during your match, that's not supposed to be out there. Something's something's not right. But, uh, but what I noticed right here is when he's pulling him to where he wants him, it's like, wait, you're, you're, come on, come on, you're still not there. Like, wouldn't he notice there that something's not right or no? Is that I mean, just something you, you could miss in, in the heat of everything? Right, not necessarily, you know what I mean, in the heat of the moment. I can get, you know, in the heat of the moment right here, he may not realize what just occurred. And, you know, he's he's not doing it with malice, you know, and I'm not saying that he is, but he's, you can clearly see he is so intent on doing whatever it is he is plan to do that he, he he completely fails to recognize that there's a situation that's unfolding in the ring right in front of it. Uh, you know, and that's, that's disconcerting because not only, you know, would he have now this guy has suffered an injury, you know what I mean? Um, but I hate to say it because I, you know, I, I, I was with Marty you know, when, uh, you know, Marty, remember, had that where he did the rocker dropper on the guy and the guy literally head first, you know, because he didn't know how to take it. Um, and the guy sued, I think, over, you know, a WWE, WBF at the time, like $33 million or something. It was, 
you know, the, the lawyers were involved and it was a huge, huge payout. And, and they, the, uh, court found Marty to be like 10% responsible, which was like 300 or $400,000. And, you know, the reason why they found him to be responsible is because after the guy had taken the move, Marty had pulled him over so that Sean could drop an elbow or do whatever, you know. Sean was not found to have any responsibility, um, but Marty was held 10% responsible because he pulled the guy over in the in the direction because he just didn't realize the guy was hurt. Um, and then now with, you know, this situation, you know, uh, the guy, you know, the guy that grabbed the other guy. Now, if the guy's really hurt, potentially the guy that kind of drug him into position could be liable, you know, could face problems in court. And, you know, you got to be in the and, and it's easy for me after the fact, you know, to sit and say, you know, well, you know, you should do this. You should do that. And I get that. I, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and critique when I'm not in the moment and in the situation. But uh, but it does speak to to a, a problem that is in this business on twofold. And that is one, this this feeling by these young athletes and performers that they've got to just keep raising the gymnastic bar. You know, that most of these people are trained gymnasts. And then two... Uh, um, you know, they've got to, you know, they've got themselves so caught up in what they've planned and organized prior to going out there that they can't, they can't even, you know, realize that things have went off the rails and that, you know, to try to help protect physically another person because, you know, like if that guy has really injured himself, which we don't know, maybe he's, you know, if he had broken his neck or something and, you know, he drags him across like that, you know, he could dislodge a bone and sever his spinal cord and the guy's gone, you know? So he, he, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a balance somewhere where you, you're not programming yourself mentally so much. So before you go prior to the ring that you can be in the moment and react to a situation like that or any situation that may come up, you know, is, is that something that that's taught? All right. Like, is there a procedure to always look to see if somebody's hurt or, or you just forget about stuff like that because you're going on to the, to the next thing? Yeah. It's, you know, it's twofold. Again, this is, it's a twofold situation. One is that for these younger people, I mean, that they get so caught up in what they've already planned in there. If you watch the wrestling matches, that's a lot of the problem is that they just go right to the next thing, regardless of what just happened. Literally somebody could have spontaneously combusted in the audience, you know, and they don't care. They're, they're doing their thing. They're, they've got to do it because that's what they've called. And and it's got to happen the way they visualized it. And that means that as soon as one thing's done, we're on to the next thing. And that re that ultimately creates the lack of selling, what I mean by selling is not, you know, giving them a moment to show that they're injured or hurt, but like we've talked about, selling the intent behind the move, and then once you've taken the move, selling the consequence. Being able to see in that uh, foot race, watching one racer fall further behind so that the audience now needs to cheer him on, or falls further behind, and now we understand why, as he's trying to catch up, he cheats to do so. That gets lost because they are literally doing by rote the uh, 
script in their head that they've memorized and visualized and they're doing it at the pace to visualize it. They know what they're doing and they know the, the consequence or whatever and the intent behind it. We don't. And they do it so quick and move on to the next thing so fast that we never catch up and we never get to fully understand what, what they're doing or why they're doing it. And, and that, that, you know, is one problem. The other problem is that, you know, you're also, even if you do it, you know, at a, you, you're calling things, you know, you're in the moment. Well, you're in the moment where you're really having to believe that you're in the ring competing. <laughs> and then, you know, it's hard to switch gears and shut it off when someone, you know, a tragic situation like that occurs, you know. And, and the reason I, you know, sent it in was because of those things. That's what stood out to me was it was a good example of, again, people, these, these performers raising the bar and trying to take yet, you know, cause it's just going to keep going. So this guy is literally trying to do a double, you know, forward, you know, 900 or whatever it is, whatever. I'm not a math magician, but, <laughs> you know, a 900, he was trying to do a 900, you know, because a 450 is not good enough anymore. Now a 900 is, and you know, uh, and then he over rotates because he does, he doesn't quite make that second one and just head first, right. You know, the back of his head, which means his neck was bent like this with all his weight with also all the momentum coming down on that ring. And, you know, and that, that was one part. And the other was that the guy was that, you know, in the mask was so caught up that he didn't even. He didn't recognize or even realize in any way that the guy was injured. Even once other people, and I can get within the very, you know, within that moment, but even when other people came in the ring and were like waving him off, he was still up there fully intent on like, hey, I've got to get my shit in. You're ruining my match. You're blowing my mind. That was bizarre because you would think, all right, he knows who those people are, right? They work for the company. They work backstage. And then they're in the ring during his match. You would think that is an immediate red flag. Something is not right here. I I agree. But he was so caught up that he, he, you know, you didn't care. Yeah. Oh, look who's joined us. Ah, It's old sleepyhead himself. Ah, (laughs) The old human coloring book. Bro, you want to hear a shoot? You with your aberrant lifestyle, I'm telling you, man. You, uh, you want to hear a shoot? Yeah. What is it? You're, you're what, like, one of these. Al, Al, do you sleep through the night? Huh? Do you sleep through the night? I woke up at four o'clock this morning and couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm up and down all night, bro. That's my problem. Al, listen to this freaking dream I had last night. Ooh, yeah, go ahead. And it was, it was like real as real could be. If that's the case. That's more like a nightmare. Bro, because I got up, I I fell asleep probably about 11-ish, and I was up at 2, and then I watched TV till about 3, then I fell asleep again. Anyway, this was a dream, I guess, somewhere around 3 o'clock. Bro, so they're throwing this big gala for Vince McMahon. Okay. Okay, like everybody is there. It is his 1,000% retirement party. Okay. Vince is that, stepping that is, down. That's never going to happen. He's old. He, he's, he's, he's not there. He's stepping down, right? right? So there's this big gal. Everybody's at this gala. Everybody you ever work with. Everybody praises Vince. Everybody loves Vince, right? right? At the very end of this gala, uh, as a surprise... 
two estranged people are introduced. Okay. Shane McMahon and myself. Okay. So Shane McMahon and myself are there. Uh, apparently, we both haven't spoken to Vince in years. Um, and the party wraps up. And then, you know, I am I, I am approached by Vince. It's like a mini-series. What's that? It's like a mini-series. Yeah, it is a little bit. This okay. is a, It was very real. I was approached by Vince. Because this dream's taking a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I was approached by Vince. And he wanted me to meet him at the house. Okay. So I get to the house a little early. This was the weird part. I get to the house a little early and I see Shane. You're always so punctual. Yeah. I see Shane come out. Shane comes out and I said something to Shane. And while I'm saying something to Shane, like a crowd is gathering. Right. So Vince comes out and I guess he tries to take the, the 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 focus off of Shane and the crowd, you know, going to Shane. Vince comes out, walks to his car and like people are joining Vince as he's walking to his car. So Vince stops and says to me, are you coming? Are you coming to the, to, to the house later? And I said, yeah, just call me. Tell me when you want me to come to the house. I'll come to the house later. So Vince looks at me and he says, big promotion. Big. Pro-. It was like a will. It was like I was it was like a Willy Wonka thing. Like Vince, Vince was bowing out and putting me in charge, bro. It hadn't, that, and it, it, it was like a Willy Wonka thing. And I'm like, bro, it was like, it, bro, I woke up thinking yeah, I was. I woke up thinking I was like head of WWE creative this morning, bro. That's why I missed the show. I'm like, what, what, what podcast? What are you talking about? Al, 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 who, bro? Listen, you are living this whole hippie lifestyle out there in Colorado, getting tattoos and, you know, and you're a bad influence on, you know, the youth of America. I mean, can't be all love and freedom and drugs and rock and roll. And that's exactly what you seem to be living that lifestyle. Now Al. you're. Dreams of you being in charge of creative. Al, I got to tell you something. I know you got a, a lot of kids and a lot of grandchildren. Give me that number again. Cause you gave it to me once. Well, I have six kids. Uh, my one son turned 20, uh, 26 uh, today. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, my youngest will turn 21 in September. And how and many grandkids? I have seven so far. Al, so many people, especially in the wrestling business, you know, I was stupid. I was out of my mind. I was this. I was that. I was everything else. When Vince McMahon told me to my face, hire a nanny to take care of your kids. Being an Italian, very, very proud uh, person, there's no way I could ever work for that guy again. I mean, and and I know, Al, Al, probably 95% of people in the wrestling business, if he would have said to them, I don't know what the problem is, get a get a nanny to take care of your kids, would you agree that 95% of people in wrestling would have? I don't know. I don't know about that. I think there are there's a percentage, yes, that would certainly do it because I think there is a percentage that let the business become who they are and not what they do. 
um, you know, and uh, get so caught up in it that yeah, they they would be willing to to take that step. I understand. I mean, I would never have done that. I mean, as much as I love the wrestling business and you know, and I've walked that line of it, letting it become who I am and not just what I do. We all do. We all do. Yeah, it's it's yeah. easy to do. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross yeah. that line, but uh, I think you agreeing if you'd agreed to that yeah it would have certainly become who you were and it would have just yeah. and i thank him for, i mean so many people oh bro do you, you regret going to do it no i i don't regret that at all i i don't rem- i don't regret putting my family first at all i never ever regret that but like i said i mean now in a lot of ways i thank him because it really was a wake up call because of what you said it mm. was a wake up call it was like brother your job, my job in this company and you are not more important than my flesh and blood, bro. Like it, it really was a wake up call. And I, I thank him for that to this day. Yeah. Well, you should. I mean, you're getting older and you got to realize that those people are the ones that are going to decide where to put what home to put you in. So, you know, it's good that you baby faced. Is, ne- is that necessary? I, I'm, I'm opening up to you, Al, here. I'm open I, like I a brother. I worry about it right now. I'm afraid, you know, I think I've given my kids just enough trauma to make them funny and, pa- and inter- at parties and entertaining, but not enough. <laughs> oh, Jeff, he had a big wah-wah one the other day that I couldn't help myself. What was it, Al? There was a big where I wrote something about your birthday or something. What was it? You me on that. I forget what it was. You were like, what are the bad jokes at or whatever? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, horrible. All right, Jeff, get back to the show, please. I just had to tell you about this, uh, yeah. this dream yeah. that I had last night. We were on a roll. I mean, the train had already left the station. <laughs> you know, oh, let's derail this with one of my I Go ahead, Jeff. You and you and Mrs. Snow go on with the conversation. I'll listen. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we got, we got more videos. We just finished the first one, and you're probably glad you missed it. You would not have wanted to see that one. Good. Uh, Good. Yeah, but this second one here was sent in by Kevin Mari. Okay. Holy oh, oh, that's it's that gonna do a slow down, bro. Oh, God. oh, that's bro. That that could have been death. That that literally could have been death, bro. Man, I it just good God. I mean, the, oh, uh, bro, he he gets he gets that corner in his eye. He's dead, bro. Well, he's, he's a good guy. Anyone could have broke his neck. I mean. Oh. My God! At the at the least, this guy is going to suffer a major brain injury and concussion, and you know, uh, he's like. Uh, so, so well, like, are they crossed up? Is the one guy expecting a different move, or does he no, just no, is no, he no. just way off the mark? The distance it's it's a judgment of distance, yeah. and the guy that's doing the move judged thought he could rotate and pull in tight enough to where he wouldn't overshoot him. The guy taking the move or catching literally was in tight because that's where the guy probably that doing the move told him to stand because he's taken into consideration the stairs and he thinks that he can go up enough and rotate enough without enough, without the forward momentum where he'll only go here. Problem is the forward momentum and enough, he had to do enough forward momentum to kick his hips this way. So he can do that, you know, whatever they call it. Um, what was that called? Uh, I can't remember now, but where he, 
you know, he's trying to jump out and backflip and turn flat. And then, but, but he didn't take into account that he had to spring so far forward to kick his feet forward to rotate his hips over that carries him past his opponent and right head first into the sky. But Al, it also looks like those are permanent. Jeff, put it up one more time. It looks like those are permanent steps. See what I'm saying, bro? So in, in other words, go back, Jeff. The ring, the if the ring is too close to those steps to begin with, bro, do it on a different side of the ring. Right. He's he's assuming that he's going to be able to rotate enough and not go forward, and he's going to go more up and turn. See how he's turning? Oh, yeah. But the problem is he didn't take into account that how much he had to go forward to create that spin, and that's what carried him past the guy. Wow, that's that's dangerous, bro. I guarantee you that was probably in that building that was the one side of the ring that had enough space to allow him to even attempt a move. Yeah. Floor. Yeah. But he was so intent on wanting to do just the move that so he could impress people that he was willing to take the risk. So, you know, again, we talk about it every week, the risk versus reward, you know, uh, he took a big risk that obviously he didn't get any reward, but even if he even if he had pulled the move off, what would the reward have been? A moment of holy shit chance? Well, big deal. Because no sooner than he had done the move to the guy, the guy would have, as he threw the guy back in the ring, would have got up and started kicking the shit out of him like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Typically, 99% of the time, you know, that's what's going to occur. These guys are going to take these physical risks, you know, and that's, I, look, I, 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 I'll say this all the time. I've said it numerous times. I am a fan of the athleticism and coordination that it takes to perform these kinds of moves. I, I'm totally fine with it. All right. But I only ask that you do it in a manner within the context of the match that makes me go, Oh my God, are they okay? That guy's, you know, either the most courageous or he's the most crazy and do it within the context of reality. Reality is this. If you really were out there trying to win or lose, there's only two reasons you'd ever do that. And one is you're either angry enough to do it or second is you're desperate enough to do it. All I ask is that you in the body of the match build that story to where one of those two things are what motivate you to do it so that I then care about what just happened. And then once you've done it, then let's have some kind of consequence or repercussion from it. Not let's just do it and it be stunt wrestling and now you just throw the other person back in the ring and we move on like, oh, it was just another day in the park. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've told that the story about, you know, uh, Jack, I uh, can't remember his name. Evans. Jack Evans and that Spider-Man like move that he did, you know, where, you know, he literally, there's a guy standing in the ring facing this way. He's coming from this way. Jack is inside the ring. Jack does a round off into a back handspring into a forward flip, turns in midair on the forward flips, lands on the guy's shoulders perfectly and hurricanes him on the floor. I was like, oh my God. That's the most amazing thing I've ever saw. Less than five seconds later, the guy that just got Huracarana picks Jack up, runs him into the ring post. Why even bother doing it? Yeah, yep. 
it had no consequence whatsoever, you know, and, and, and I guarantee that, you know, and it, it's, it, these guys don't think in that manner anymore. It's now just, let's do the stunt. You know what I mean? Let's do this video game esque type maneuver, you know, um, and it, it doesn't work. It, it just, and you don't get the reward out of it. And you literally either suffer a major, you know, you have the potential to suffer a major life altering or life ending injury, both you and the person. Because that guy that was catching that guy that overshot him, look, the knees were coming right at him in his face. He could have hit hit the guy's face with his knees with that rotation, could have shattered the guy's face. Doesn't matter. Let's just take the risk, and then we'll just get the holy shit chant, and then we'll move on. Yeah. All right. what, what's next, Jeff? All right, this one is very short. I wish whoever made this video let it go for longer, but this was the only version I, that I know of it because the same one was sent in by Bobo, Scott Smith, Nicholas Baresi, Big Evil Pops, and Brent Logan. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, it's very weird. I had like eight to ten people send me the same clip this week yeah. of a guy jumping off the pavement, missing in the table, hitting the pavement. We had that on like three or four weeks ago, yeah. something like that. So if you guys want to see. Somebody it, also sent in, Jeff, did they send it to you a picture of the dude with the antlers that uh, 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 Al was talking oh, about last week? If they did, I missed it. Uh, no, it was a still. It wasn't It wasn't. It was an action, but it yeah, was a still. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't yeah. see it. It was so a big it, man. Big man. I told you, yeah, Moose was like six, yeah. six, seven, six, eight. And he was yeah. about 400 pounds. Yeah. And I just met those giant antlers. Giant. Yeah. on the ring apron, and it, that moose head tilts back, and you see him, whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, yeah. All right, let's, let's watch this clip, Jeff. What the hell? Teeter-totter. It's a little teeter-totter <laughs> action. That, yeah, it's really that short. I wish whoever originally made this video let it go. So the head in the crotch, the head in yeah. the crotch with the teeter-totter. Boy, you know, that's good family entertainment right there, I'm telling you. And, but look at it looks like a bunch of women in the audience. So like I'm wondering what type of show this is. These look like all women here, right here. I, I mean it's kind of blurry, but that it appears to be all women there in the audience. Looks like the guy on the outside of the ring got a little wood while he was doing it. I would <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh that that's ridiculous. Like, come on. Man. He's using a wooden plank. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see the audio. He's using a wooden plank. Jeff, you would have loved to see the aftermath. I would have loved to see how this was set up. Yeah, I, I mean just yeah. in general, I wish this was longer. Yeah. I wish that we could get a video and audio recording of the three of them having this conversation a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy on the board's like, yeah, sure, you know what I want to do? You know, I'll lay there, you teeter-totter the board up, my face will go right in his stink hole. It'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, at least I'll it's safe. Hey, at least star. it's Every safe. Every time I'll go up and kiss the chocolate starfish, back down I go, up again, big food, back down again, big up again. Hey, if you could, could you, uh, I don't know, the day before we walk out there. Oh, God, bro. <laughs> chocolate starfish. What? What is it? Chocolate starfish, bro? Really? Yeah. He's he's literally doing a teeter totter toss of salad. Yeah. Oh my God! Hey, listen. Let's give him credit. At least this, from what I can gather, at least this is safe for the most part. This looks relatively safe, uh, right? You can get like tetanus or hepatitis. <laughs> get rid. Remember that? Remember back when back in the day when we were young, Vince? Remember when we had like real scary 
diseases, not like this COVID. Oh, yeah, you had to get tetanus shots, man. You get a rusty nail, you're going to get lockjaw. I mean, we had hardcore diseases like lockjaw and like rickets, you know, just the word rickets. I mean, yeah. I knew a kid in elementary school had rickets. Um, hey, uh, Jeff, can I can I share something with Al to get his opinion on this that I know you don't have on your list of topics, yeah. but I was reading this and I was thinking of Al, and Vic Venom did a whole show on this yesterday. Al, so the headline is, Please smart, please smarten the people up, pal. Because Tony Cott, Tony Cott, bro, I don't know what's more entertaining. Just the visual of Tony Khan or Tony Khan's explanation for things. Okay. okay Al? So please listen to me closely. So, well, the headline is Tony Khan comments on AEW's new list of banned moves. So you read that headline, you're like, okay, bro, he's finally smartening up. Like the agents in the back, the Arns and whoever's there is finally telling him, bro, you got to ban this. Somebody's going to kill himself. That's what you're thinking when you read the headline. So good. That's good news, Al, right? So the article goes on to say, uh, despite both being re- despite both being wrestling promotions, AEW appeals to a different crowd than WWE. While WWE presents a more PG watered down version of pro wrestling of old, AEW boosts a more hardcore program. Blood is very common sight on AEW television, as are dangerous stunts and high risk maneuvers. At least you're calling them na- dangerous stunts, which I give you credit for. AEW's hardcore style is a very polarizing subject among fans. It's also a steady source of discourse wherein fans share GIFs and videos of botched and or dangerous moves in an attempt to slander the company. In an attempt to slander the company. Alan, first of all, are we doing this to slander the company or are we doing this to say you guys are absolutely out of your minds? Not at all. I'm not trying to slander anybody with, uh, you know, when you are willing to put yourself in the public eye, no matter who you are, or what you're pursuing, you have to realize that one, you're in the center of attention. You're desperately seeking that. Well, that means that not all of it's going to be in front of you. A lot of it's going to be behind you. And most of it's going to be negative because you're in the public eye. Right. And you just have to expect it. There's, and there's no slander by it at all. And listen, if you want to, if, if whoever wrote that wants to, if that was Tony Khan that wrote that, if he'd love to debate it with me, I'd be more than happy to sit down and debate with him about how it's an actual real critique of safety and concern of the elevation of this risk as a trend within the wrestling business that has no real actual end result or reward to it and doesn't draw money. Uh, and he can then tell me how that is, my opinion, is slandering yeah company you know when there's you know i've got that based on you know not not my opinion but 41 years of experience right and and i'm totally seeing it from a business standpoint and from the safety of the wrestlers yeah so So, it goes on to say now it seems the aew is tightening the reins on their performance in the name of health and safety in the they're, they're tightening the reins on their performance in the name of health and safety. Oh, so okay, so so far this is good, right? You're you're expecting great, bro. Finally, man. Yeah. So a uh, 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 a few days ago, Fightful Select reported that AEW had created a new list of banned moves from talent. Okay, all right, Al. 
Here's the list. You ready, Al? Unprotected chair shots to the head. Shots to the back of the head. Selling a move by faking a seizure. Bleeding in the crowd. Wait wait a minute. Listen out. Taking food or drink. Wait, taking food. Wait, taking. I'm not going to. I just want to hear it again. The selling an injury by what? Selling a move by faking a seizure. Well, that happens all the time. Yeah. Bleeding in the crowd. Taking uh, taking food or drinks from the crowd. Physical contact with the crowd. That's just recently been banned. (laughs) Throwing bloodied objects into the crowd. So anybody with half a brain can clearly see everything listed here, bro, has lawsuit written all over it, either from a wrestler himself or by a fan, which tells me it clearly came down from TBS and TNT saying, do you guys not understand they're going to sue the building. They'll sue the other wrestler. They'll sue Tony Khan. They'll sue Tony Khan's dad. They'll sue the Jackson Jaguars. They'll yeah. shoot. They'll sue Fulham. They'll they'll sue TBS. They'll sue TNT. So this clearly is coming from the network saying, "Yeah, guys, it's really not a good idea to bleed on the crowd, bro." Right, bro? Listen to Tony's explanation. Out. This is the best part of it, right? So it, it's clear what it is. All right. My favorite part is the seizure thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Khan recently appeared on the Dan Lee Batardo show with Stu Gatz. When he was asked about this new list of band moves, Feifel has provided the following transcript of his response. Listen to this, Al. Yes, I want to have a great pro wrestling company, a hard-hitting pro wrestling company. Those aren't really crazy changes. It's nothing that's going to change the show. It's really more guidelines for the referees than anything else. And it's good stuff for the wrestlers to know. Bro, is this guy a freaking moron? Let's go recap real quick. Clearly, this was set down by corporate to clearly, clearly, because you know, again, you can't sell a wrestling move by faking a seizure. How much- <laughs> 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 that clearly must have happened, and somebody in corporate went, "Hey, Ixnay on the easier saying, okay, we can't, you can't do that." Out, right? They, these, like you said, this is clearly from corporate. Yeah. Yeah, and now Tony goes, oh, those are just guidelines for the referee. You know, I just wait, no, Al, it may get even better. There's a, there's a third level to this. Okay. Now now we get the perspective of the journalist. Okay. <laughs> now the, the person who wrote the article, a wrestling journalist. Let, let's give him a shout out. Let's hey, give him a shout out. To quote Dave Meltzer, you know, uh you you can go to a restaurant and enjoy the food, but you're not a chef, so I guess a chef can know if foods are good or not. No, I don't care if the chef likes the food or not. You know what I mean? It's if you don't like the food and enough of you don't like the food, and now the chef changes his menu because of 
Now, don't get me started. <laughs> right, but, but hold on. It gets better because now here's the perspective from the journalist Lizzie Flanagan who wrote this. This is what Lizzie Flanagan – like I said, bro, anybody can look at this and say, yeah, bro, TBS and TNT said like these – bro, me, meanwhile, you, you're just coming off the WWE lawsuit where 80,000 wrestlers <laughs> sued the WWE for the head trauma. They weren't – you know – the whole nine yards. Here's the, here's the perspective. You already out. Yeah. I normally stay away from sharing my opinions and news stories. However, I have a strong theory regarding this list. I believe this is all a big bluff. Another work shoot from the geniuses of AEW creative. In my creative, in my opinion, the list was only created so that when MJF inevitably harasses another child, Marks Online can go crazy about how MJF is breaking the rules. Who knows? Maybe Brian Danielson will try to scare fans yet again by faking another seizure in the ring. AEW has flown very close to the sun in regard to performer safety. We can only hope no one gets burned. So, so now, bro, that's all the work. That's all the work, bro. Did I even read the list? Dude, <laughs> did he read the list? How are we going to get heat by put, throwing bloodied objects? In? <laughs> I mean, we're going to get heat. You know what I mean? We're going to. Oh get my heat. god, bro! It's going to be the wrong kind of heat. How is it that you cannot see clearly that some executive with TV West went? What the hell? <laughs> like he's having a seizure? We can't have that on the air. You know what I mean? Where, where do you, how do you even fathom that any of this is a construct that will allow the performers to then incite more emotion when all it's going to incite is a lawsuit? How is throwing a bloody object, how is that a guideline for the referees? Like, do you tell your referees we can't throw any bloodied objects in the crowd out? No, I would certainly tell the wrestlers, you know what I mean? Oh you know, I literally had a, had this conversation, some of the talent, because they were all getting out of hand, <clears throat> grabbing water bottles off of the commentating table and throwing them at each other. And I'm like, stop doing that. Because if you happen to miss and you go, it goes into the audience and it strikes somebody, brother, we got a lawsuit for days, you know? They started getting out of hand and they were throwing each other into the barrier. And I'm like, stop doing that because that barrier slams into somebody. You are risking, hey, you want to risk your own financial life, you go right ahead. But you're not doing that with everybody else's. I mean, yeah. that's, that's absurd. Yeah. You know, the, that was, I didn't have the conversation with the referees. I had a conversation with the wrestlers. And, and if, if this had been. <laughs> which I can't even imagine that any of the people that work for me would be like, oh, well, I'll be fine if I throw this bloody tampon into the office. Do you think we should clear this with Al first? Yeah. Nah, I'll be, be fine with this. It'll be great heat. Al will get it. He'll know. You know what I mean? I, nobody, nobody on the roster would even think to do something like that. You know, and if they did, I wouldn't go and admonish the referee. I'd admonish the idiot that did it. You know, what are you were you thinking, you lunatic? Um, you know, oh, I got a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna gig, and then I'm gonna go do the Terry Funk death march through the audience. <laughs> you your mind? Uh, no, you're man. not. 
you're not going to go anywhere near that audience because I don't want that. I don't want to take the risk. Unbelievable. Uh, All right, Jeff, go ahead. Back to the script. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, we got one more video here. Oh, man. Yeah, this was sent in by Kevin Gordon, and uh, this must be a thing over in Japan. I I don't know with the the thongs and, and butts, but this is Kenny Omega and somebody else. Oh, he's the greatest worker of our time. Oh my God! What what what, what are we doing? Bro? The ass zoom in too. What 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 are we doing, man? The other guy is also in a thong. Here's the best part. And they they put it oh come on three bro. times. I don't just in case come you missed it. On. I guess like real, really, bro. That's Kenny Omega doing that move. Yeah, That's yeah. Really if you guys are on the audio, bro. he's like putting both of his hands into the other man's ass while he's on the top. Right? Really, bro? Deep, dude, deep, deep. Yeah. Deep. yeah. <laughs> what the frick? Like, re- really, bro? It's safe, Vince. It's safe. I can Google this. The, a human anus can stretch up to like nine inches. I'm not worried for the guy's safety. Like I said, the human anus can stretch up to like nine inches. So, like in raccoons, did you know that like a raccoon can squeeze into like a four inch so, so that means he could like Kenny could have stuffed like two raccoons up this guy's ass, you know, and would have been perfectly fine. I I look at this move. I swear to God, bro, and this is the thought that comes in my head. I swear to God, Kenny Omega wanted to do this to another human being, so he was thinking of how we can, how I can do this to another human being. Well, first we got to be wearing thongs, so his ass is exposed. I'm serious. That that's that's the concept, bro. For some reason, he wanted to fold his hands together and stick them straight up somebody's ass. So, okay, how are we going to accomplish that? Well, first thing is we need to wear thongs. Okay. What, 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 the, what is wrong with these freaking people, bro? So so people are popping over this? I don't know. It was in Japan. The, 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 whoever made the video put a song as the background instead of the crowd noise. I hate when people do that. Like, I want to hear the crowd. I want to hear the announcers. And they put the, the songs, but. Kenny Omega so, I don't know of of imitating Chris Angel, and he's like, "Hey, nothing up my sleeve. Let me pull a rap." <laughs> <laughs> Bro, um, that's that's listen. That's it sick. Be, I'm, it I'm be, sorry. It would be a chocolate money, but uh, you know oh, that is that 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 that's sick, bro. Like, brown hair for sure. Um, we like to call him fudgy, you know. I, I would love to know too. I would love to know how many stars Dave Meltzer gave that. Well, only one, one chocolate star. That's all right. <laughs> all right he literally Jeff. took both hands. Think about that. He took both hands in like a praying position and then right in the old clown hole. I mean, right oh, in the old you night. Know? Well, we know what that guy's ringtone is. for. I, okay. Now, Al, when you work that into the curriculum, Oh, yeah. What are you? What are you going to name that? Like, well, what do you? What, how are people going to know? What are you going to name that, Al? Anal penetration work. You know. <laughs> very anal, bro. That's got to be an advanced class. Uh, it's very. That's, it's very. Uh, in fact, you, yeah. you're probably gonna go. <laughs> Got to go take uh, you know a few proctologist classes. <laughs> yeah, we we can't be doing that on the first we day. No, we don't know if Kenny was like you know I'm a little concerned. You know, you looked a little jaundiced. I mean, I think we need to check your prostate. You know what I mean? Oh my god, bro, that's that happened in the ring. You know, and he's like, hey, just hop up on the top rope. We'll feel around in there, see if we find any junk in the trunk. You know. 
I, bro, that's the most uh, preposterous thing, Jeff, I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> What's the point? I, I mean, seriously, if you want to do silly, goofy stuff during a wrestling match, it's been done forever. Yeah. But it, but it, it makes sense either in the context of the character or the context of the match somehow, right? What right. What, what is the context here? How is this? Like- <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Bro, mark my words. Mark my words. I don't know when it's going to be a year from now, two years from now. You know, Al always talks about, you know, okay, bro, so then what's the next step and what's the next step? What's the next step? Bro, the next step is Kenny Omega does that, okay, and and the guy shits himself in the ring. That, that right, right, Al, am I right or wrong? Now that would have been tremendous, though. <laughs> that's coming, bro. That's coming, Al. I'm uh, telling Al, you, that's coming. There's always the natural graduation of of the scale. So you know, hey, Kenny put his hands up there. He got a huge reaction. What if you stand up there and I just try and stuff my whole head up there? I mean, I will get even a bigger reaction. Oh know? my God, bro! That's that's person and human in reverse. That's that's it. That's insane. So, and and Kenny Omega is the one where like this is all art. Like, yeah, I, I don't art. know when this was. It looks yeah. older, but still, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, everything yeah. with him is art. Everything it, that that's your art, bro. But Guess it, what? I good, bro. It'll it'll hang in the gallery for the next fifty years, bro. Because I he's right. It, he is 100% correct. It is art. It is subjective. And I get it. We've talked about this as far as death matches are concerned as well. You know, but yeah, there's art. And then, the, you know, and that's why a lot of these artists are starving artists because they're not in the business of doing business, you know, creating a project product that appeals artistically to a mass audience. They're in all about just expressing themselves. I get it. That's fine. You can agree to, you know, that he can express himself. And yes, he's going to appeal to a certain audience. But the problem is the movers and the shakers, the people that generate opinion, are lauding this guy as he's the second coming of Christ as far as the professional wrestling business is concerned. He's going to be the our Lord and Savior as far as wrestling is concerned. And, That's what he's and, doing. He's praying right there. See, he's, he's yeah, doing he's the, the prayer. He's laying, he's laying on hands, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, heal, my child. Heal. Heal. Uh, you know, uh, right in the old underground sea grotto. Right there. Um, he could try that with me. His hands would be warm because I've got so much hair to crack in my ass. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> You talk about like alienating your audience and and um you know playing to a niche audience, bro. I'm I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, like seriously, bro. It's a very niche audience. If my wife, if my wife saw that, yeah. Oh, like what? Whatever, bro. What? Whatever. What's the next? I got to get my mind off of that. What's the next? You want to show it to her? I'm not going to judge you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> trust me, I ain't showing that to her, bro. Because that it's like what you said that. Hey, 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 hey Jeff, I said like, hey, hey, honey, going, hey, honey, I got a great idea. Watch this and tell me what you think about this for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's like Al says this got, all the time. I'm ready to go, bro. Al says this all the time. Like Jeff, when something happens in wrestling, it waters down and affects everybody. Sam, bro, if my wife were to watch that, she would say to me, what freaking kind of a business are you in? <laughs> that's what she would say to me. Like, seriously, bro, what, what are you doing? That This is what you do? And that's what, what I was saying. That it's an art, yes. But 
that that kind of stuff unfortunately ruins the perspective on everyone else. You know, we're either all selling the same thing just in different ways or we're selling Gaga like that. You know, it just, I don't know. What's next, Jeff? Give me some news. Well, this is another Fightful Select report. What's interesting, you said that list was from Fightful Select. Yeah. And Khan didn't deny it. So if that wasn't true, like he didn't even try to say it wasn't true. Right, he, right. He, we, we know AEW hired somebody from Fightful, now now works for AEW. So you wonder, just speculation, where the information's coming from. I don't know. But this one I thought was interesting, if true. They're reporting that before the July 8th collision that CM Punk led a talent meeting and he wanted to focus on ways to differentiate collision from dynamite. And they're reporting that he discussed finishes and shenanigans and other things that they should avoid doing on collision to differentiate it from dynamite so if this is true it sounds like he's saying all this stupid shit they're doing on dynamite we're not doing that here right. yeah and 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 and, th- and that's how bro that's how bro, and that makes all the sense in the world and that's a very veteran thing i think al would tell you but meanwhile al how many people are walking away from that meeting burying them how how many bro rocks a large portion of them because they know that's like that's like the pot calling the kettle black. You know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it this way. We're going to, you know, all that stupid stuff and shenanigans. But what's he get glorified for doing? A lot of that same stuff. Working that same style. You know what I mean? He really does. And uh, and has throughout his career. You know, so you, you can't have it both ways. You know, you either got to, you know, commit and ha- and, you know, all through the process, you've got to commit that you're going to do it a certain way. And that is you're going to portray a competitive combat wrestling match in the context of it being a prize fight. And then we're all going to sell that. That's what we're attempting to sell. And we're all going to agree to it. We, you, I don't care, you know, just like back in the territorial days, Different promoters had different ver- visions of how best to go about doing that, but ultimately, you were able to go from territory to territory and still make a living and jump right in with both feet and not have to worry about not being able to keep up because the last territory you were in, they were selling a competitive combat wrestling match within the context of a prize fight. They're doing that in Florida, they're doing that in Tennessee, they're doing that in New York. They're doing that in, but they're doing it with their own ver- vision or direction of how they go about doing it. Some are more violent, some are throwing more fists, some are more action packed, some are more grab a hold. There's all different ver- varieties of that, but they're all united in let's do this. Well, you can't go and, hey, I'm going to have a talent meeting and say, hey, let's do this, even though I'm guilty of doing some of the other stuff that everybody else does too which is violating that very concept of that it is a competitive combat wrestling match within the context of a prize fight. You can't, you can't do that. And that back to your Kenny Omega thing, you know, and you know, granted we all see and do and are part of doing goofy things, but like to Jeff's point, where in the match 
what generated this stipulation that in a competitive prize fight, you had to have both men stripped down to their thongs. And one guy to win the fight was willing to attempt to reach up in through the other man's asshole to reach his heart to pull it out. Man, I always think about, like, I swear to God, when I watch this stuff today, I always think about Vince sitting at Gorilla. Could you imagine Vince at Gorilla during that spot and he didn't know about it? Watch it. Boy, the glasses are... (laughs) Would they be fogged? Would they be fogged? Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I wish I could find this. uh, God, I I, I wish I could find this. There there was another great Kenny Omega article when he was telling everybody who was criticizing the move with him being dropped on the neck to F off. And, bro, during the course of the article, Jeff, it was on Wrestling Inc. Here's the part that popped me, Al. He was comparing himself to Muhammad Ali. How? Mike Tyson. Was that Mike Tyson? Oh, bro, I wish. Can you find that quickly? I got it. Yeah. Read those comments to Al because I'm reading those comments, and I'm like, bro, are you out of your effing mind, bro? Yeah, there are a lot of people criticizing, and he's talking about the Will Osprey spot. Uh, yeah, the Will Osprey spot on the neck, and they got a lot of negative feedback. So go ahead, Jeff. There are a lot of people criticizing who do not have my best interests at heart. They just want to put a dark mark on that match, which is a performance I'm extremely proud of. Uh, here's the Tyson. Uh, look at the way Mike Tyson boxed. His style was so dangerous. He stayed so close to his opponent. What was he doing boxing in style? Shouldn't he have fought more stick and move and waited for the counterpunch? Wouldn't that have been better for his brain? Didn't he understand how dangerous it was? But that's what made him Mike Tyson. Don't tell me how to wrestle the way I know how to wrestle. Is there a risk? Was there a risk when Mike Tyson was fighting within inches of space between another championship-level boxer throwing power punches? Of course. But Tyson was confident in his abilities, and he knew he was the best. So don't tell Mike Tyson how to box. Don't tell me how to wrestle. You aren't even close to being qualified. Just shut the fuck up. Al, correct me if I'm wrong, but in a in a boxing match, isn't it the survival of the fittest? The other guy is in there looking to knock you out cold, and you want to knock him out cold first before. How can you compare that to wrestling, bro? Like, are you out of your freaking mind making that comparison, bro? Go ahead, out. One, you cannot. That's apples and oranges. You cannot compare the two. You, you just can't. Here's why you can't. Granted, there are there have been occasions, and there are certainly going to continue to be occasions where in boxing, the one thing that's fake about it is that the outcome is predetermined. All right. The difference, though, is we know prior to going out there, we're making decisions on what our physical risk is as wrestlers. We're making a choice, okay? And we are making that choice supposedly based on convincing an audience of our intent to win. With Mike Tyson, he either has the intent to win or he doesn't win. He goes in because he was shorter than most of the other fighters. And if he stayed back and tried to do play the long game of throwing jabs, 
okay, he'd have probably gotten beaten numerous times. He purposely closed the distance and fought in close and tight because that negated the other guy's reach. Clearly, this Kenny does not know how a punch works because the longer the fist travels, the more velocity it gains, thus the more power. By staying back, Tyson mitigates would actually increase the risk of injury than by going in tighter to his opponents because he had a shorter reach than most of the guys he fought. Not to mention, he's really, he's not sitting and planning out and going, you know, this is really going to get the audience if I stay in really tight and I risk an injury. He's not consciously making that decision. He's going and doing it because it's a necessity to win. Where Kenny Omega and everyone else in the wrestling business is making these decisions, taking these risks to do one thing that they're not doing anymore, which is to convince or allow an audience to believe in the one thing that's fake, which is their intent to win and not lose. So you tell now Kenny comparing himself that there's no comparison for that one simple fact of Kenny made a choice. Mike Tyson didn't. Mike Tyson made a strategic strategic decision to enable him to have the best chance of winning the fight. That's why we call wrestling a match, and that's why we call boxing a fight, because they are different. I hear something like this, and here, here's the part that scares me. Do the majority of wrestlers today think like this? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Wow, bro. Like, of the sway and the influence of... Kenny Omega, of Dave Meltzer, of people that really don't understand what it is they're really attempting to do. That's why there's such a departure from, and again, and I just had this conversation last night with, you know, a couple of the students. You're the average person, okay? And you're you're spending your money, you know what I mean, to come for one reason. You want to be entertained, okay? But Part the way you get entertained is the ability for you to be able to suspend your disbelief and really, really buy into who the person is and that the win and loss really matter so that you can get caught up in the drama of it, right? If But when you are so intent on not convincing me of the believability but more trying to impress me with your physical and athletic prowess, well, then those are two different things. And that's why it only appeals to a niche audience and not to the general audience. And that applies to movies. It applies to, you know, magic shows. It applies to anything that you're trying to sell one intrinsic thing to an audience that allows them to escape and believe the reality that you've put them in for the meet, for the period of time that they're watching that particular event. And that is not the focus by these wrestlers anymore. That's not the focus by these performers. We talk about it all the time on here. It is about me trying to show you how physically adept I am, as opposed to me trying to use my physical prowess to allow you to buy and believe that you're watching a really, truly, incredibly athletic competition, that we are watching a foot race between two incredible runners, both incredibly fast, but eventually one runner is starting to fall behind and has to struggle, and we're cheering the guy on. 
nah, this is all about just how fast I can go and we'll just see who can outrun the other. And, you know, there's no drama to it. So Kenny consciously made a decision, right? He's telling people, I call horseshit. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not saying this as a putting a dart mark on your match. I really could care less about your match. I care about the influence you have on all the other performers that, you know, are looking up to you because you're glorified for being on the top of the show, but you're telling me and trying to convince me that what looked like an accident was meant to elicit an emotional response from an audience that wouldn't even have realized it was an accident, that they are not on that side of the fence and wouldn't have understood the dynamics and how you were supposed to actually land, that you risked an injury that was the only appeal to just a few people backstage that would have went, oh, shit, is he okay? Yeah. You're telling me that. And now you're going to compare yourself to Mike Tyson, who literally did what he did out of necessity so that he could increase the odds of him actually winning when you're not in a situation where you're going to attempt to win. You're simply supposed to be trying to convince me that you're attempting to win, and you're not even doing that. Wow. That's not me casting a dark mark on your your match, you know, and listen, it's your body. You do what you want. I genuinely don't care. You let, you can have him pick you up and drop you. If you, if you were so intent on bringing out an emotional response, why'd you tuck your chin? Leave your head straight down next time. Okay. And then let's see what kind of an, an emotion, you know, if you guys could work that, that'd be astounding. Now that would get an emotional response, but you'd probably just kick out and do three or four moves after it. So it wouldn't matter anyways. Because there wouldn't have been any actual consequence to it. You know, at least the kid who did the double uh, forward, uh, the not 450, but the 900 and landed on his head, at least he laid there on the mat and sold. You took clearly almost the same bump without the, the 900 involved, practically the same thing, and then it took two more boobs to beat you. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And you did that on purpose. You made the choice before we went out there. Hey, instead of, you know, throwing me out, popping your hips and getting me to where I land on the upper part of my shoulders, drop me right on the back of my neck. That'd be fine. I mean, literally with your weight straight down right on the back of my neck. Because that's really going to get them. We're not, I'm not stupid. I mean, for Christ's sake. Yeah. All right, Al. What's going on in your world, bro? Because now we got new curriculum at the school we got to go over. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Going to come up with a whole new syllabus now, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love watching these videos. I, I learn stuff that I'm going to be able to take the young mind, the future of professional wrestling, and mold it. Kind of like grabbing up in the rear end of somebody and pulling out silly putty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Branded it all brown, but, you know. Uh. God. Was he like, you know, like professional wrestlers, like we we make sure we put deodorant on before we get in the ring out of respect to our opponents. We clip our fingernails. Do you know what I mean? You tuck your strings in your boots and your, you know, that you tie your boots up and tuck them in the boot, right? Do you think, you know, he was like, you know, look, uh, Kenny and I got this big spot, you know. I think, you know, out of respect, I'm going to go get myself like a colonic or something, you know, and just make sure the old, <laughs> make sure the old sidewalk's clean, you know, the, the, old, the old tunnel is uh, free of debris type of thing. 
Now, Jeff, you, you, you talk about this all the time, all the time. Imagine if it was females in there wearing thongs and one of the females did that to another female. Um, imagine that, Jeff. The outcry. The outcry. Yeah. yeah. I get ahead, Al. I mean, it, but imagine if you go in, you're trying, you're going in, right? You're going in, and then all of a sudden your fingers get snaggled up into like a bush full of dingleberries or something. Oh, <laughs> all right, Al, come on. Let's talk about OVW. Come on, okay. man. Stop. All right. Well, <laughs> OVW uh, TV is live every Thursday night uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. It's on Fight TV. You can see it around the world. And you can see it in about 100 million homes through our partnerships with national promotion uh, uh, networks like YTA, Next Level, um, Action Channel. Now, if fans come to the show to watch it, uh, um, can you? Uh, are they going to be disappointed because there's no bloody objects being thrown in the uh, in the audience? Probably, yeah. Looking <laughs> for you know bloody objects to be hurled into the audience, or uh, any of the talent to go marching out into the audience covered in blood. Or, you know, I hate to break it to them. I mean, you know, they're probably not going to see a whole lot of people having seizures while they're <laughs> I know VW. I mean, I know we're not, you know, we're not cutting edge. We're not, you know, we're not hardcore. We don't have a hardcore panache to it, you know. Um, but I think, you know, parents and, you know, kids and they can come and not expect to see another man violated on the top rope. <laughs> A bizarre crap. I go ahead, Al. I'm sorry. Do you think he went like this? <laughs> I hope nobody shook his hand afterwards, like the oh, fans. Yeah. They were back in the back. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, go ahead, Al. We're being silly now. Go ahead, Al. Of like KY jelly or anything. Oh, God. Go ahead, Al. Come on. They never use KY jelly on a biscuit, they don't taste very good. So. Uh, get ahead out. Get ahead. Finish up. Get ahead out. You can go to ovwrestling.com. You can get more information on OVW uh, and OVW TV. And uh, if you're interested in attending the only wrestling school that is actually accredited by the State Office of Proprietary Education as a trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, uh, and broadcasting, along with now proctology. Uh, <laughs> you too can learn how to examine another man's prostate in front of an audience inside of a wrestling ring, all within the context of a competitive combat situation. Uh, yeah, we teach that and rope work, apron work, and much more, table work as well, uh, and how to set your face on fireworks. So we're really on the cutting edge of uh, professional wrestling. Now, could that problem? We, we wish to endeavor to make sure you have as much work rate as possible. Yeah. Could that problem? Work rate is, and that is the rate of things you can do at an idiocy speed. Could that proctology spot, the person on the receiving end of that proctology spot, yeah. could that cause seizure? Oh, it could. Yeah, it could. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could cause a lot of things. Yeah, uh, I know they were. You know, they were talking about for Kenny when he did that of uh, making him the next James Bond villain, and he was going to be a uh, stink finger. So. <laughs> <laughs> why do I keep thinking? I'm looking at. I, I don't know why, bro, but I, I'm thinking of that spot. Why do I? Why do I keep thinking of King Kong Bundy and and Big John Stud working together? <laughs> and and Studs. Beaver. Yeah, Stud tells Bundy, "This is yeah, this is what we're gonna do, bro." This is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Go ahead. Al. I'm sorry. We're being silly. Al. We're yeah. all adults here, Al. Go ahead. I keep thinking of Little Beaver getting inserted in there like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you hear that they didn't, Vince didn't give Little Beaver all the money for WrestleMania, his appearance at WrestleMania? They shorted him. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, Al, go ahead. We're, being, we're all adults here. Go ahead, Al. We're being silly. Go ahead, Al. Uh, if you want to learn how to, you know, massage a prostate and other things, <laughs> um, you know, and listen, the weight of the man's heart is not through his prostate. It's the grundle. It's the undercare. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Uh, uh, the old taint. Um you can go to ovwrestling.com and you will have, you'll get a plethora of work rate experiences. Uh, not all of them like, are going to be as pleasant as bad as having your salad tossed while you're aloft <laughs> on the top rope, but hey, who's the judge? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, so maybe that was like a prison match or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can go to The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, you know, I don't really go into how you can, you know, basically use a physical bidet with your hands to <laughs> uh, things while you're wrestling. But uh, if you had put up other information and hilarious jokes, Jeff can attest to that. Uh, and if you are interested in the comic book, you can go to brokeniconcomics.com. Uh, I've got a team up with Chavo Guerrero. I've got individual adventures. And then I've got a team up coming up with Tommy Dreamer, set in Prohibition era in the bootleg days. And then uh, one with uh, Scotty Tuhati, where we're like a John Wick-like type assassins. It's a lot of fun. You can go to brokeniconcomics.com and check that out. If you're interested in my career, uh, you can go to uh, amazon.com and you get self-help uh, life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow. Nothing quite as bizarre as having another man stuff both of his hands up my ass. But, um, you know, and that's probably could have happened somewhere, but usually that would have taken place in the locker room, not out in front of the audience. Um, comedy, the comedy is special. Premier streaming network. Uh, the comedy special is still there. You can sign You can download it as a pay-per-view or you can get it as part of your membership. Uh, the tag team duo of David Vox Mullen and Al Snow. We do a live uh, stand-up. We do a stand-up special from Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago. Um, and I, let me tell you, this uh, video that we just watched will be a topic on future stand-ups. So, <laughs> for sure, I'll be bringing. Do we have new dates, bro. New dates. Nothing yet, as far as uh, wait, waiting for when the. Uh, uh, project from last summer uh, comes up, and I'll have big news here very soon about that, um, about the uh, documentary and all that. Very so. nice. All right, I'll say goodbye, man. Hey, goodbye, guys. And, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to carry that image in my head all day of another man just rooting up, rooting around, trying to like pull a groundhog out of, out of a hole. All right, all right, all right. I'll say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye. Jeff, what's going on in your world? Well, check out our Patreon, guys. Patreon.com slash Russo TWC. We got tiers starting just at $3. And at the $3 tier, you get Master Shoot Theater. You get the AEW review with Justin Credible. You get Better Call Con. Of course, there's more content as you go up in the tiers. You can pick and choose. We got Vic Venom, EC3. We got Disco. We got Look Ma. We're having a TV show in the basement. We got a bonus cast rate in the marks, bonus episodes. I'm forgetting stuff, I'm sure, but check that out, guys. Patreon.com slash Russo TWC.
Yeah, uh, yeah, guys. When Jeff says three dollars, that's three dollars a month. A month, yeah. Not a week, a month, guys. So it's really seventy-five cents a week. That is it, everybody. For me, Jerry and Al. We'll see you next week, man. <laughs>